1: scripture for this morning is Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of heavenly forces. My very being longs, even yearns for the Lord's courtyards. My heart and my body will rejoice out loud to the living God. Yes, the sparrow too has found a home there. The swallow has found herself a nest where she can lay her young beside your altars. Lord of heavenly forces, my King, my God. Those who live in your house are truly happy. They praise you constantly. Those who put their strength in you are truly happy. Pilgrimage is in their hearts. As they pass through the Bacah Valley, they make it a spring of water. Yes, the early rain covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength until they see the supreme God in Zion. Lord God of heavenly forces, hear my prayer. Listen closely, Jacob's God. Look at our shield, God. Pay close attention to the face of your anointed one. Better is a single day in your courtyards than a thousand days anywhere else. I would prefer to stand outside the entrance of my God's house than live comfortably in the tents of the wicked, the Lord is a sun and shield. God is favor and glory. The Lord gives, doesn't withhold, good things to those who walk with integrity. Lord of heavenly forces, those who trust in you are truly happy. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be Thanks be God. God. Hear what needs to be heard. Help us hear what needs
0: to be heard. so last month I had the opportunity to walk around our church's construction site and while I was there I was able to walk through the metal frames that will one day hold the door to my office. I was standing there in that space with my hard hat on trying to envision where some of the furniture will go and thinking about where the books will be, because every pastor has a lot of books. And that reminded me of when I moved into my office at Central's old building. Our movers had come to my office in Warrington to load up the books there. They came to our home in Gainesville, dropped off all of our personal items at the Parsonage, and then came to the church building. We are very lucky that our movers charged us by the size of our truck and not the weight of the truck because books are very heavy. All of my books ended up in a giant pile in the center of that office, and it was a Wednesday. And I needed to hit the ground running in order to be ready to preach that very first Sunday. I tried my best to help Greg unpack in the parsonage. But I didn't have much time, and so we had a lot of our family come that Saturday to try to help us get a little bit settled at the parsonage. But then I realized I was missing some things that I thought I had set aside that I would need for my first Sunday. And I said, oh, they've got to be at my office, and I don't know where they are in that big pile. So my sister, her boyfriend, and Greg's aunt said, well, we'll leave everybody else here at the Parsonage, and we'll go with you to your office, and we'll help try to find these items that you need. And so I thought we were just going to keep opening boxes until we found them, but it was much easier to actually open the box and put the books on the shelf, and then we kind of got on a roll. And before we knew it, we'd been there for a couple of hours and my sister and her boyfriend got really excited about helping to hang the art and the diplomas on my wall. And I said, great, let's go ahead and do it. And at the end of that day, I was hundred percent settled in that office. And I had no idea what a gift it would be until I came in before worship the next morning to sit in my office, to pray before worship. And I was able to sit in a beautiful space watching the sunbeams come in from the two big windows that overlooked the courtyard where we had that beautiful cherry tree. And I could sit in that space and feel God's presence. And I could notice that little bit of counter between those two windows. And that became the place where I set a little cloth and I set a few candles and ended up being the same place that I kept For the next eight years that I was in that office. Throughout the season, I'd kind of rotate what objects I had up there. At Christmas, I'd put out an angel. And other times, I'd have my little stuffed lamb. But I always kept my prayer box there. That box that I keep with little slips of paper in it for the people and the situations that I'm lifting up to God in prayer. And it wasn't until I started working on my sermon this week that I realized how natural it is for me to create little altars. That was something that just happened very organically in my office. When I moved my office home, first temporarily for COVID, and then permanently for construction, I just very naturally found a new space to decorate with some prayer books, my prayer box, and some candles. When I traveled to Costa Rica a few years ago for a retreat, I stayed in a room that had a perfect little table to set my journal and my Bible and some items I brought from home and other items that were given to me on retreat. And that became my little prayer space, my little altar. That's something that God just has put into my heart and my soul, creating a little space so that I can feel drawn into prayer to focus my attention on what God is doing in my life and in the world. Now, just because I like creating these little prayer spaces doesn't mean it limits where I pray. We can pray wherever we are, but I'm the type of person who really is blessed to be in a space that is beautiful and who likes to have something to draw my attention, to bring me joy and help connect my heart with God's heart. Throughout our sermon series, Spiritual Affective Disorder, we're exploring different practices that we can do to bring light into our lives, to lighten our spirits and help us feel connected to God. For many of us, one of those practices is coming to church. All of those who are here physically and those who are worshiping online, you all value being part of a worship service. Our scripture this morning that Robert just read from Psalm 84 proclaims, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of heavenly forces. My very being longs, even yearns for the Lord's courtyards. Where do you think God's dwelling place is? The psalmist speaks of longing to be in God's house. For some, their primary experience of the house of the Lord is the space they go to worship with their church community. The sanctuary for many where they were baptized, maybe where they were married or the place where they celebrated the funeral of loved ones. Being in a sanctuary may bring a sense of the assurance that God is with us, that God loves us, that we are not alone Hopefully, there is something about worship that leaves us feeling more connected to God and to our community. Indeed, being in a sacred space can transform and inspire us. That's why so many of the older churches and cathedrals were so tall and ornate and beautiful. The idea was to walk in and immediately be awestruck. To be inspired to look to the heavens, to feel your spirits lifted up as your eyes went up to see the beauty of the stained glass, of the cross, of the carvings, whatever was put on the ceilings of those beautiful worship spaces. But we know that God's dwelling place is not limited to a church, a temple, a cathedral. Instead, God's dwelling place is within us. We don't need to go to a designated holy place to encounter God. God is at work everywhere in the world. But there are times when it is helpful to find a way to focus our attention on the sacred. Our overall well-being is improved if we can notice the sacred every single day. And sometimes it's helpful to create a space to focus our attention on the sacred. The COVID lockdown in 2020 forced us to stop meeting in person. We were not going into a church building to worship. Our online worship provided an opportunity to connect with God, but it wasn't the same. When we sang or we prayed the Lord's prayer, we were not joining our voice with a room full of other people. You can't do that on zoom. There is something powerful about physically worshiping together with others, but there aren't times when that's possible. And so we do the best with what we can. We find new ways to encounter scripture. We find new ways to focus our attention on the sacred, right where we are. That's why we always encourage you to, if you can light a candle or maybe those of you who are worshiping at home right now, maybe you have a favorite chair where you sit for worship or a lap blanket or a prayer shawl that you wrap around yourself as you worship at home. Maybe you have a special place in your home where you go to connect with God. I know for many going outside into nature is the place where they encounter God's spirit the most. And there are scriptures in our Old Testament, also called the Hebrew Bible, that tells us of our ancestors of faith, people like Abraham, Noah, Moses, Joshua, and Jacob, people who walked in the wilderness and who encountered God right there. And scripture tells us that they built an altar to the Lord in the wilderness to mark God's faithful action in their life at that time. Each of the stories is a little different about what God did, but they all responded the same way. They built an altar to the Lord. It was a visual reminder, something to remind them and others around them to witness to the faith that they had in God and the way that God had been faithful to them. Our ancestors in faith understood how important these visual reminders are There's a practice that is still kept by Jews today called the mezuzah. It's a little box that they'll hang on their doorframe that they can see and even touch every time they go in and out of their house. It helps them to remember their God who is faithful to them. For many Christians, they might wear a cross as that visual reminder But there are other ways that we can have a visual cue to remind us of God's faithfulness. A housemate of mine in seminary took a piece of the hem of a pair of jeans. She tacked this on the doorframe of her room in the home that we shared. It was a reminder to her of Psalm 139. This scripture says, you hem me in behind and before. It helped her to remember that God was always with her wherever she went. Curating a space that has visual reminders of the sacred is something that we can all do in a way that makes sense for us. It doesn't need to be complicated. This week, I encourage you to use your imagination to think about the space where you live, the space where you work, any space that you inhabit, And how you can draw your attention to the sacredness of what is happening in that place. We all have different ideas of where the sacred is. For some, it's in nature. For some, it's in a sanctuary. For some, it's in the mountains. For some, it's by the ocean. There are places that we call thin places. This is where we believe that that boundary between heaven and earth is just a little thinner. For me, it's sitting around a campfire. It comes from many years of going to camp as a child, but it continued on into my adulthood. All of the sacred stories that were told around those campfires, some scripture, some testimony, many songs that had been sung praising God. And so for me, that meant that the campfire was a thin place where I could go and encounter God. There are many ways that we can encounter the sacred. I encourage you this week to think about how you can make a little altar wherever you go. Maybe it's a fire in the fireplace of your home. Maybe it's simply a candle. Maybe it's setting out a bird feeder to remind you that God cares for the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. Whatever it is, I encourage you to make it true to who you are. A good friend of mine loves to walk the labyrinth as a prayer practice. And she can't always do this. And so what she has done is she has found a sticker of a labyrinth. And instead of walking, she has found that if she puts it on her laptop, she can trace the pattern with her finger. And for her, that is an encounter with the sacred. When she closes her laptop and she spends 10 minutes tracing the pattern of the labyrinth on her laptop. There are so many ways that you could incorporate something to draw your attention to the sacred. I encourage you to do that this week. For those who are here in person, um, I have a few suggestions on this paper and a prayer. For those of you at home, if you'd like this, it'll be posted on our Facebook page and it's already on our website. You can go to c-u-m-c-b-a-l-l-s-t-o-n dot o-r-g. This week, our psalmist called us to celebrate the many places that we experience the presence of God. They invite us to see God dwelling among us. They invite us to see the truth that there is joy where God is. All of creation is sacred and God is present in all places and in all times. But sometimes we need a symbol or a sign to help us focus our attention. Today, the symbol and sign for us is the bread on the table. The communion table is one of those experiences that we share together to remember the sacred among us. As we gather at God's table, we will remember how long ago Jesus gathered with his friends and his family. And he told them to break bread and to drink wine, to remember that he would always be with them. So we will remember this altar today. And for those of you at home, I hope you have your communion elements, bread or crackers, juice or wine, the opportunity to celebrate at the altar in the space where you are dwelling right now. We give thanks that God is with us and God is faithful to being with us in the breaking of the bread wherever we go. And so as we celebrate God's presence with us in the altar here, I pray that this week, you will find a way and a time to seek out the holy spaces where God is at work in your life and that you creates a little altar everywhere. Thanks be to God. Amen.